Welcome to another episode of Live from the Blue Seats. I'm your host, Rob, joined as always by Dave and Becky. On today's show, we preview the Rangers' upcoming Florida road trip, which is scheduled to feature actual hockey games. We'll also discuss the NHL's new new normal with the return of taxi squads and how that all may impact the Rangers. We'll also get to some fan questions and hot takes as we always do at the end of the show. But first, Dave, want to welcome you back from your one-week hiatus how was your Christmas? Merry Christmas. Thank you. My Christmas was fantastic. Uh, we had the in-laws over. Well, I had the in-laws over as my wife's family. Um, my niece is adorable, but when it gets past 7 p.m., she transforms into a terrorist. Um, but other than that, yeah, it, it was... How old is she? She is five. Five. Okay. Mm. Okay. I could see that. Yes. I mean, honestly, I turn into a terrorist before 7 a.m., so basically I, I get it on the other end. You also turn into a terrorist when you have fireball, so, I mean. I am a delightful person when I have fireball. <laughs> I am not a delightful person when I have tequila. Yeah. Fireball does usually coincide with Rangers wins these days, to be honest. <laughs> well, nothing coincides with Rangers wins or any hockey right now because it's been so damn long since we've had a hockey game I'm, I, I gave up on trying to write stuff for the site right now <laughs> fantastic segue dave that was that was really well done um almost like you've been doing this for now 13 weeks in a row um so yeah you're absolutely right the rangers have not played since january excuse me december 17th i think my mind is already in 2022 hoping that that you know, turning of the page of the calendar will provide a bit of a reprieve from the mostly hell we've been living through in this in this world for the last couple of years. But, um, but Rob, it's no, 2022. Right. Of you know, course, it's, I've seen that joke. Pretty, yeah. Stop that. Stop that. Stop it. I like to think we have things to look forward to in the coming year, and they include Ranger games and potentially Ranger playoff games, which, you know, maybe we'll discuss that a little bit. But, you know, first and foremost, they do have... Um, some games coming up, you know, uh, as you listen to this on Wednesday morning, they will be playing the Florida Panthers tonight. Um, uh, and again, these are road games. They have a two game Florida road trip. Then New Year's Eve, they play against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Then they return home for an afternoon game against that same Tampa Bay Lightning team uh, on January 2nd. So uh, actually a pretty exciting week coming up. Now the Rangers, as we said, have will have been off for 12 days, but that is not unique to their uh, – that is not a situation that, that's unique to them. But I guess, you know, Becky, I'll start with you. You know, as we sit here, you know, recording on Tuesday but looking forward to Wednesday's game, what are we expecting from this game? Is this going to be like a preseason game? Uh, you know, is it, or do we expect teams to come flying out of the gates? Sometimes you see that during, like, the playoffs after a team gets a decent break. Yeah, they might be rusty, but they still come out with a lot of energy. What are we expecting from the Rangers on, on Wednesday in Florida? I honestly don't know what to expect just based on the fact that, like, it's just such a weird season. You know, it's just it feels like we haven't played in so long. We haven't played, right? Like, the Rangers haven't played in so long, which they haven't. Excuse me. Um, But I will say that, like, whatever, like, oh, our players might be rusty or, you know. Yeah, so will Florida's players. So it's kind of like an even field at that point. 
Um, I know that they have uh, Huberto on the list, on the COVID list. So not that I want him to be ill. I would never wish that upon him. But that is kind of a, it's a benefit for the Rangers. They don't have to face him. Um, and we don't really have anyone, you know, on our – well, we've got Lindgren on the team, right? And he's on our on the COVID list, so he won't be playing. But it, we don't – our Temi Panarin's not on the COVID list as of – Thursday, uh, Tuesday, Jesus, Tuesday night at 8. Do either one of you so, know what year it is, what day it is? Do you know where you are right now? It's Tuesday. It's December 28th. It's our friend's birthday, the friend that you introduced me to, and it ended the world. Um, and it's 2021. I can't tell you what year, like, I was born or what year, like, Emily was born, but I could tell you it's 2021 because this year will not end. Um yeah. This oh, is I'm also, gonna... to be fair, like the weirdest week of the year because some people might be working, but then there might not be, you know, much going on. Some people take the whole week off and eventually you end up at, I have no idea what day it is, what time it is. Should I start drinking? Should I go to sleep? You know, there, there really is kind of a complete, um, you know, time warp, if you will. So I think we can all give ourselves a little bit of, of grace here, Dave. But. That's fair. Yeah, there's a funny meme. There's a really funny meme, and it's like December 1st through 25th, and it's like festive, and then December 26th through 31st, and it's like confused, full of cheese. And I'm like, that's kind of how I feel right <laughs> well, now. Well, this is the best week of the year for work because basically anybody that's in the office has – there's a nonverbal agreement that nobody does any work. I think I've received four emails in the last two days. It's great. I That's love nice. it. I have to do work. I have to finish something actually tonight because I'm off tomorrow. So, Well, that sucks for you. Uh, you know. You're in the minority there, I think, Becky. I yeah, know, but if you anyone are. else is the same way, then we're together right now. Um, you mentioned... The only other thing I'm going to say is that I'm kind of... Like, you know, Tampa, when we play Tampa, John Cooper's going to be, I guess it'll be his 10th day. So I don't know if he'll be back or whatever, but I like can't stand his face. So if I don't have to see his face, that'd be grand. Yeah, fair enough. I was going to say you mentioned the COVID lists. And I think just to give everybody the full picture in case they don't have it in front of them, uh, Florida's players on the list currently. And again, this could all change. But Jonathan Huberdo. Uh, A2 Lusterinen, don't know if I got that right. Um, Owen Tippett, Mackenzie Wieger, one of the best defensive defensemen in the league nowadays. And then Oli Uwalevi, uh, obviously a Finnish lay. I, I really butchered the two Finnish players' names there, so I apologize. Um, Uwalevi, Uwalevi, I don't know. But those are the are Florida's players on, on their COVID list. Uh, Tampa's list as of this point, two coaches, as you mentioned, Becky, John Cooper, and also Rob Zettler. Um, and then the players are Pierre-Edouard Belmar, Mikhail Sergachev, Andre Vasilevsky, a big one, and Brian Elliott. Uh, so they're down two goaltenders, and they both went on the list pretty recently, December 26th. So um, that could be a benefit to the Rangers. Um, and then as you mentioned, uh, or as I think you alluded to, Becky, no real headliners from the Rangers are on the list, but it's it's currently Alexander Georgiev, Ryan Lindgren, Jared Tenorti, and Kevin Rooney. So um, Dave, I guess, you know, just having read those names off the list, um, and I'll kind of ask you the same question, but knowing now, now that we've brought the, you know, the, uh, the absent players into the fold, you know, do the Rangers have 
a chance or should we even be calling them favorites going into any of these games coming up this week because of the absences uh, on you know for their opponents? So for starters, I am learning right now that Kevin Rooney is in COVID protocol for the Rangers. I missed that. And that happened I, today. I was checking the timeline, and that was eight hours ago. So I don't know how I missed that. But in terms of the actual advantages, the Rangers, what, they're missing. Yeah, Lindgren is the big one, but Georgiev doesn't play. Well, Georgiev's the backup. Nemeth is a bottom pair defenseman. Jared Tenorti should be fired into the sun. And... <laughs> Rooney is a fourth-line center. So, in theory, with the guys called up, you got Zach Jones and you got uh, Morgan Barron called up. Morgan Barron, in theory, is better than Kevin Rooney. And Zach Jones is definitely better than Tenorti. And, in theory, is at least better than Nemeth, although Nemeth will be back. Uh, War remains to be seen if he is a more balanced player than Lindgren, who is almost specifically a defensive specialist at this point. But I think given, you know, Florida, Huberto's out, Wegar's out, those are two top players. And Tampa, um, Sergachev, Vasilevsky, those are two big names. Well, the Rangers got to have an advantage. I don't know if they're the favorites. I'm sitting here, like, yeah, shrugging I mean, I my you shoulders. Go you go... Yeah, I mean, you go into a road trip like this, assuming, let's say, this is a world where COVID doesn't exist and a world we would all love to live in. I think you would go into this road trip hoping to get a split and thinking three or four points is is a bonus, right? So I almost want to say that, again, and now look, this could all change because... You know, I, I don't want to put anything into the uh, into the world right now that shouldn't be, but any player could wake up tomorrow and test positive. Obviously, the NHL is is testing every single day now, which is the right thing to do because that, in theory, should stem uh, stem outbreaks, uh, should stop outbreaks rather than you know less testing, which means more guys could get a, you know infected, um, and outbreaks can spread team wide, like we've we've seen in the NHL and uh, excuse me NFL and NBA where a combined 600 players have tested positive for COVID, I think, over the last month or so, which is just a staggering number. Um, but you know, what I was saying was, you know, I almost think that you can go into this road trip with the goal of three points, right? Get a win and get at least get another of the games to overtime. Um, and, you know, the Rangers are in a position now where, you know, when you look at the standings, yeah, you know, Tampa's at the top. Florida, until very recently, they're 4-5-1 and one in their last 10, but until very recently, they were also a top team. But the Rangers are right there, too, you know, and I, I don't think, you know, especially, um, uh, you know, we look we look at the Rangers much, much deeper than 99% of, of the hockey world, right? I think people are looking at the Rangers and they're seeing their position in the standings. They know their top players and they say, and they know who the coach is and they say, wow, that's a pretty good team. That's not going to be an easy game for us, especially with... Igor Shesterkin and Net. So, um, I, my goal for the Rangers here would be three points uh, out of those two games on the road, and then you know you see what happens in that return match with Tampa at home. That's an afternoon game. Those are always weird, um, and, and obviously there's a lot that can happen between now and then. But you know this Florida swing always difficult. But you know I do think the Rangers um, have gotten better, especially since the last time they played Florida, which was kind of a turning point in the season. That was the game that they got absolutely you know, run over the whole game, but ended up winning, um, had to hang on for dear life at the end, uh, but ended up winning the game due to some Igor Shesterkin heroics. So, 
yeah, I mean, it should be an interesting road trip. And I think we're obviously all just glad to have hockey back um, and some actual games to watch after a, a long break. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on regarding these games coming up? Um, you know, Dave, you mentioned some potential guys, you know, sub subbing in. Um, I don't know if you want to go that route or, or Becky, I don't know if you have any further thoughts on this. I just have a really random question and I feel like I know the answer, but is this kind of like a thanks th- day after Thanksgiving tradition where the Rangers go to South Florida for New Year's? I feel like it's every year they're there. Uh, I've gone. I used to go to Florida actually um, and see these games and yeah. I remember 2015, I did a swing of Nashville, Tampa, and then Florida, um, like all for all into New Year's. That was really, really fun. Um, But I will say, and I don't know if we have any listeners who live in the Deep South, but driving from Nashville to Tampa is absolutely fucking terrifying. And that's all I have to say about that. Like the, the like Jesus abortion ads, I just... Good Lord, guys. Good Lord. <laughs> but yeah, to answer your question, I feel like I, <coughs> it, oh, I think they played Tampa. I mean, I'd have to check, but I think they played Tampa. The, whatever the most recent one, because, again, I don't know what year it is, but whatever, like the most recent uh, New Year's Eve game they had. Um, and I think they like flew home and then played them like a home and home. Um 2015 they definitely played florida it's a really fun place to play on new year's eve and it's really fun if you want to go down because like i you know again i haven't been to what is it sunrise florida in probably five years four or five years now but it's a lot of ranger fans down there it's basically like msg south um Tampa was a really fun venue, really nice. There's the whole outdoor section, which is really great and, you know, obviously difficult to do in a colder state, but um, they definitely take good advantage of the weather. And Nashville is just a fun city, but Nashville was really difficult to get tickets because they were like, you have to have a Nashville or like a Tennessee zip code or whatever. I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, if you're so afraid of having other fans in your building, like, just make it a better experience for your own fans. Yeah, it's interesting. I've heard that about about Nashville. Um, I think the last time the Rangers played on New Year's Eve was obviously before COVID shut down the 1920 season, and that was Edmonton. Um, so, and and the reason the Rangers are always on the road is because for the last 25, 30 years now, Fish has played Madison Square Garden, the you know famous jam band. They usually do a three, four, five night run. Um, during this week and leading up to and through New Year's. So um, the Knicks and Rangers always go on the road. And so it's a pretty convenient time for, you know, the schedule makers to 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 fit in a road trip. So the Rangers did Western Canada a couple of seasons ago. But you're right, Dave, they have done predominantly this Florida and maybe some other, you know, Southern or like, you know, kind of that this part of the Western Conference like Nashville is. They try to get some of those games out of the way during this weekend since the Rangers are, are not able to, to be home at the Garden. Um, but they'll be right back on January 2nd. So, um, and I believe this year's fish concerts are canceled due to COVID or at least postponed. So, um, yeah, the world, uh, you know, a lot of the world is slowing down and stopping, but the sports world is, is forging ahead and, um, you know, be that as it may, um, we're going to talk about it. And I think, you know, in, in, uh, kind of, that kind of brings us to our next section here, which is kind of what the NHL is doing to manage this situation. Now we've seen, uh, this new CDC guidelines, which are 
you know, potentially a little bit suspect and a lot of people rightfully pointing out that these may have come from the airline industry, you know, heavily pressuring the government. Um, but they have uh, shortened the isolation period from 10 days to five if you test positive, as long as you're asymptomatic. Um, most of the sports leagues are now modeling their COVID protocols after that. The, the NHL is in talks to potentially shorten their isolation period so that if you test positive, you're not immediately taken out of play for 10 days. Maybe it can be five or six with a couple of negative tests. Um, and they are reintroducing taxi squads. And I think, you know, Dave's antenna shot right up because this is like your bread and butter. So, um, I don't I know. know I don't know if you can call my bread and butter because I wrote a post <laughs> on projecting who's going to be on the taxi squad. I got one guy right. <laughs> well, and why? So, what was your Dang. reasoning? Because I read that, and why did you think they weren't going to call up Baron Jones? You know, etc. Because Hartford has games, and it's more important for these kids to play now. Of course, Baron and sorry, Gettinger and Jones got called up to the NHL level, and at the very least, Jones looks like he's going to play. But my thought process was, it's going to look a lot like the taxi squad from last year. It was a bunch of 4A players. And then, of course, only Brodzinski was called up, so I look like an idiot. Again. (laughs) But, but But this is something you were excited about or you were calling for it too right i mean you had said they need to reinstitute the taxi squad thing because you otherwise you're just gonna end up canceling games or having teams play i mean we i think we saw carolina played with 16 skaters a couple of weeks ago when they were still trying to finish up the schedule before christmas so i mean this is something you've been wanting to see um i mean yeah they're definitely like three months too late on this they should have had a taxi squad from the start of the season and at the very least give the teams the flexibility to say oh okay we have the taxi squad but they'll be able to get to their ahl games and we'll just rotate things or we'll figure it out or expand roster sizes for a little bit i think there is a way to have this done without having it be an emergency retooling of the cba where the players get bent over again i can't believe the players are paying for the taxi squad the NHLPA is run yeah. by morons. It's really bad. And you have dissension in the union over the decision to pull out of the Olympics as well, with Brad Marchand taking to Twitter earlier today. And, you know, maybe not with the most enlightened take in the world, although what are we expecting from Brad Marchand? But <laughs> yeah, he wasn't very even there. Clear that the, like, yeah. uh, Brandon Carlo is the Bruins rep, and they don't have an alternate rep. So, Marchand, if you want to complain, fine. Get your ass in the room and try to make a difference. Don't just sit there with you know crying like all of us do on Twitter on a regular basis. Absolutely, no words to live by for sure there, Dave. And um, yeah, Marshan basically just went full you know Rat Twitter troll fuck. with his his uh, little notes post there. But um, Becky, I wanted to ask you just around the um, the taxi squad. You know, looking at this list of names. Is there somebody you're either excited to see play or somebody you feel can make an impact right away? Um, uh, I have a couple of thoughts. So I'm excited to see Zach Jones play. I think that's pretty like consensus-y, whatever. I love Johnny Brzezinski because his last name just makes me laugh. And this is kind of a weird take, but I'm actually hopeful that... Um, that 
Huska gets another opportunity to play, even though, like, I mean, it's funny because I want Igor to just play his heart out and whatever and, like, not have to worry about it. But I think it might be a little bit redeeming for Huska because he really just got, like, let out, like, like laid out to dry. So I'd love to have him have an opportunity to not just, like, take an absolute ass-kicking in at the NHL level. Um in an, in an ideal situation, I guess it would be like the Rangers are winning like nine to one and they want to give Igor some rest because he's going to play tomorrow or something like that. But um, I not, you know, Zach Jones is my where my my eyes are right now. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, uh, Huska being on the taxi squad is is insurance for, you know, Kincaid, who will be the the, the nominal backup Um you know, uh, and, and in you know, on a normal night now, anything can happen, whether it's COVID protocol or an injury. So, you're right. I mean, maybe Huska does get a chance. He has been playing really well in the AHL, um, and I agree with you, Dave, in the sense that it's it is difficult for some of these players, especially a guy like Huska, who, you know, you mentioned this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. You know, he hadn't had a lot of success at any level. And then this year he finally gets off to a great start in Hartford. I think he had had 10 or 11 really solid games, you know, good sort of standard goalie stats, you know, save percentage and goals against. It was his first real good run of play since he was drafted by the Rangers. And then, like you said, Becky gets lit up at the NHL level and Hartford now also like the Rangers hasn't really played a lot of games lately. I think they just resumed play last weekend, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think those are interesting, interesting choices. Now, Dave, I want to ask you about Zach Jones because we were debating this a little bit earlier today uh, with the rest of the the Blue Seat Blogs group chat. But you are are you have been firmly in the camp of wanting to see him play this year, and even potentially at the expense of uh, maybe Nils Lundqvist, definitely Tenorti and Hayek. There's no argument for me there, but maybe even Patrick Nemeth. So why don't you lay out your argument, and then I will sort of chime in with my own thoughts and see if I agree or disagree with you. Let's put it that way. So I am going to answer this in a couple of different parts. The first is Jones should have been called up when Nemeth went down, when the Rangers were down a couple of defensemen and we were seeing, or not a couple of, the Rangers were down a defenseman for at least two games in a row. We were seeing extended time for Tenorti and Hayek. And listen, we've beaten this to death. They're not NHL defensemen. I get it. Move on. They both looked like crap when they were playing. I think Hayek had an expected goals for percentage in his first game of like two. So I. I get it. So part of it is I wanted Jones to at least get a look for a quick couple of games. And given Nemeth's struggles, especially early on in the season where he looked horrible, there was no real drawback to playing Jones other than Chris Drew. Sorry, um, this one is actually Gerard Gallant. Didn't want to play Jones with Nils Lundqvist as the third pair and is very reluctant to break up his top four. Sorry, Rob Luker. I know we're all with you on that one. So until the Rangers break up the top four, Jones is never going to get a look, which is 
ass backwards ass thinking. And second, and this is something that I've been very critical of Drury on, there are tremendous mixed messages with how this team is built and what the team is supposed to do. And maybe their plan was to just tread water with their depth until the new year, kind of how when they called up Ryan McDonough, that was 2013, 14, somewhere around there. And then the Rangers just rocketed off from there. So maybe that was part of the plan, just to tread water. But you're telling me this is a team that is built for contention. And your first forward call-up is Greg McKegg for a significant amount of games. And you refuse to call up your top defensive, your most NHL-ready and skilled uh, defenseman. I'm not going to say Zach Jones is their top defensive prospect because Braden Schneider might want to have a word there. But you're telling me they were not options for the first three months of the season when this is a team that is supposed to compete yeah, they were winning, but they looked like shit. And it's not just us that knew that. So it's multiple things here. And I now am wondering if, let's say Zach Jones plays exceptionally well. He plays better than Nemeth, and they're both going to be in the lineup at the same time, it looks like. What do you do? Will they actually own the bad, not the bad signing, the signing that won't that hasn't worked out in Nemeth and just play Jones? Now what are they going to do? Will they go back to the top four as is when Lindgren gets back if, say, Miller and Fox get paired together and look good together? I mean, listen, it's, it's all interesting. Those are all interesting points. I think I'm coming at this from an angle of, and I think I'm actually glad you brought up that, that point about mixed messages about, about this season because... I think they are trying to do this where it's, you know, one foot in, one foot out, which is, you know, not always advisable. But I think given where they are as a franchise, it's not the worst idea in the world, right? You have enough talent, you figure, at the top of your lineup in its prime, plus your goalie, uh, to carry you to a playoff berth. You should not be worse than the eighth best team in your conference. Now, look, the Metro is a a buzzsaw of of a division. Uh, I would say five of the top eight or nine teams in the whole league are in the Eastern Conference, so it's a tough conference. But the Rangers have hung around, and 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 also, you know, let's not sell them short. I think they have earned their earned their position. We know they did play like shit the first 10, 12 games of the year, but they've also been much better the last fifteen or so on the whole. You know, I know we can nitpick here and there, but they've been pretty good. So. Um, I think they are trying to ease the development of some of these kids, namely Jones and Barron uh, and Braden Schneider as well, because of some of the mistakes that have been made in the past with players like Brett Howden comes to mind, even the slow development of Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, you could even say Capo Caco, given his first season and how how you know bad he was. I mean, he was statistically one of the worst forwards in the entire league. Um I'm thinking about even going back to Jimmy Vesey. I'm thinking about going back to Hugh Jessamine and Joseph Ballet and all of these high draft picks that never, ever panned out. Um, the Rangers look to me like they're picking their spots with these guys and they're not rushing them. Now, Keandre Miller stepped right into the NHL and has been pretty good. He's got some warts to his game, but he's, he's, he's shown to be an NHL player. I think they're worried about ruining 
uh, Zach Jones or at least severely handicapping his development. Same for Morgan Barron. So that, I think, is the reasoning behind the um, reluctance to bring them up. Now, I agree with you in the sense that there's no argument to say that Tenorti or Hayek are better than them because those guys are just, again, those are they are both minor league players. I think that that's safe to say. You know, maybe Libor Hayek gets a change of scenery and goes and plays in someone else's minor league system and can become a, a decent NHL defenseman. But we're talking about that happening in a different organization and probably in a different, uh, you know, space-time continuum. The dude couldn't um, even get into the lineup in the Czech B League during the COVID shutdown. So I have no real hopes there. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but I, I just don't see a situation where... Patrick Nemeth loses his spot to Zach Jones. Uh, maybe Nils Lundqvist does, but, you know, then you got Neil, and, and then maybe you're sending Nils Lundqvist down. So, you know, look, it's it's a bit of a long discussion. I just, I also, um, I do believe there is something to, regardless of how he's played for his first 30 games, Nemeth was brought here to, to fill a specific role, to be a guy that would be okay playing on the third pair next to a rookie and going through those growing growing pains with him. And I think that's what he's being paid to do. I think he's also gotten better, um, you know, to the point where, you know, when Rob Rob Luker talks about breaking up the top four, you know, Nemeth figures into that because he needs to, um, you know, him and him and Lundqvist need to hold up their end of the bargain because before, um, you know, the, the illness, uh, which caused Lundqvist to miss some time, Nemeth and Lundqvist had started putting up good numbers. You know, we were looking at 54, 55, 56% expected goal share multiple games in a row. So, I think Nemeth is doing his job, and I don't think they want to supplant him with Zach Jones. Um, Becky, I don't know if you have any thoughts on any of this. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jones, a guy you want to see play. I also, I'll just come right out and say it, and I know this I'm going to sound like a dad in the blue seats, but I guess that's what I am these days. I wasn't impressed by Jones last year. I know the team was dead. I know he only played six or seven games, whatever it was, but he looked ordinary very very ordinary and he definitely deserves more of a look and i'm certainly no expert but i also didn't see anything flash that flashed to me that that that's that said wow this kid has to be in the lineup especially for a contending team so i have to go find a tweet from josh calfin about zach jones's production in the ahl this year so give me a second well you do that and let's let becky get a word yeah i'm allowed to talk that's exciting um wow shade yeah, I don't like being talked to her. I was just going to say that I know that Rob is just a huge Jared Tenorti fan, so that's why he doesn't like Zach Jones. Um, this is not true. But, yeah. I say I'm we make it true. Jack to get to the fan questions, so I got nothing else. This is true. Well, yeah, Dave, maybe you could bring up that um, that tweet, and, and let's uh, let's get to the fan questions. Ah, there it is. a lot is. of really good ones. Got it. From Josh Calfin who is or used to be our prospect guru here and has since graduated to, I believe, being a real-life dentist. So congrats, first off. And second, uh, I'm just reading verbatim here. Zach Jones, first among his fellow defensemen in the AHL that are in his draft year in points per game played, third in primary points per 60, fourth in time per game, and time on ice per games played, and 14th in... Goals four percent relative helps put you helps put his points into context and then more context. Added stats from his 2018 to 2022 years, so now we can compare Jones to every draft year plus three defenseman in the AHL since 2018. 
Jones is third among the 107 draft year plus three, so third year after his draft year, defenseman in the AHL in points per game, 11th in primary points per 60. During his first year in the NCAA, his first year after his draft, he was actually first among all of those one year after draft in points per 60. Zach Jones is a very good, if underappreciated and underrated defense prospect. That was a lot of stats to just say. He's put up the points. He deserves this shot. Let's see what he does. Fair enough. Thank you to jo- Josh Calfin, a Blue Seat Blogs alumni, and congratulations on on becoming a dentist. That's great stuff. Um, all right, Becky, we've got some fan questions. Excited for all these, so let's get to it. All right, so uh, let's let's do this one from Latte Larry at Russell's Brussels. Latte Larry is great. I like it better than Mocha Joe's. Um, if the season ended today, I think we play the Capitals in the first round of the playoffs. How do you think we match up against them using current rosters? Alternatively, or additionally, whomst among the Metro playoff teams do we match up well against? Whomst. Whomst. Whomst among us. Um, so let's start with that. Okay, so we're going to play against the Caps. How do we match up against them? Saletti, you're up. Woof. Um... They're all COVID-y. Like, a lot of them are COVID-y. They have, like... Well, no, but he's, say, he's saying, like, using current rosters, and I take that to mean, let's assume everybody... Assume healthy. full health. But, I'm um, going to assume You know that. what's kind of more fun? Assume that the playoffs started tomorrow. That's even more fun. It is. I, well, either way, it's a scary matchup because Alex Ovechkin is having perhaps his best season. The guy has been an absolute machine. He's third in the league in scoring. Um, they're an experienced team and, you know, and the Rangers are, they're, they're just the exact type of team that I think the Rangers, um, I think they'd put up a good fight. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think they would get their doors blown off, but you know, through 30 games, I cannot sit here and, and honestly say, and I'm a very optimistic person, by the way, I think that, I think they have a chance to win the cup pretty much every year, unless they've you know, put out a letter that says they've announced they're tearing, tearing the whole thing down. Um, you know, I, I firmly believe that just because of the nature of the NHL, but the caps are just one or two steps ahead of the Rangers in terms of maturity as a franchise. And that's just, that just comes with time, you know, and John Tortorella, one of his famous phrases, you know, and he used to say this after tough losses and after playoff losses, he, he would always say, you have to go through it. Right. And you, you do. And, and I think that that's why experience is important. And that's why I hate to bring up the name, but that's why guys like Barkley Goodrow were signed. Because if you don't have those guys, then you have nobody who's been through this before. And either way, the Rangers are going to walk into these series against teams like the Capitals and are going to struggle. Because even when you are at the peak of your, um, you know, arc as a, as a, as a, as a team that's built uh, to win, like the Rangers were say six, seven years ago, you know what hell these series can be and what it feels like to go down three to one and what it feels like to give up a tying goal with six seconds remaining. Um, those sorts of moments happen in every playoff series, and I think the Rangers would struggle uh, to cope with them, especially against a team like the Caps. I think they could get leads, but I think that they would probably have trouble protecting those leads because the Caps would be able to find another level and eventually tie and win most of the games. I think it would be a long series. I think they'd get it to six or seven, but 
don't love the matchup against the Caps. Um, and let's leave it there. I guess we can come back to the other teams in the in the Metro. I mean, if we're going, they begin tomorrow. They're missing Backstrom, Kuznetsov, and Oshie. So I think the Rangers can win a bunch of games without them in the lineup. But yeah. And Wilson, although I think it looks like he's coming back. Well, Wilson's another one I hope gets herpes. Um, <laughs> so the Caps are susceptible on their blue line. It's not the strongest group of players, and I think the Rangers, even with Nemeth and Lundqvist's struggles, have a better, at the very least, top four. And I think the blue line and goaltending gives them an advantage, but there's no way they skate with the Caps. Uh, I think they'd wear them out, although I do think the Rangers would absolutely hand it to Pittsburgh in a playoff series. I, I, I think the Rangers would yeah. win in five. If they got Pittsburgh, I th- I agree with you there, Becky. What are your thoughts on the Rangers Caps? If that was a playoff matchup, I'd love love to hear that. I mean, I think uh, I hate 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 this term, but I'm going to use it. I think it'd be a hell of a dogfight. Like, I don't think it would be like you said. I don't think they'd get their doors blown off. I think it would be a six seven game series. Um, I just I. I I don't love the matchup for the Rangers, but I do feel like it would be entertaining, <laughs> which is really, I mean, I miss playoff hockey at all. So I'd rather take like an entertaining L in six games than not be there at all. So that's what yeah. I think. Yeah, it would be chaos. You're absolutely right. There'd be complete chaos. There would be all sorts of stuff happening Yeah. after whistles, after games. There'd probably be some weird comments in the media. It would be, it would be a circus for sure. It would be a total shit show. I miss it. Um, and then, so who do we think? So Dave kind of answered this, but who do we think we match up well against? Dave said the Penguins. I'm inclined to agree. I kind of don't take the Penguins seriously. Don't know if that's right or wrong or neither, but I just don't. Um, so I'm going to take Dave's answer. But Rob, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the teams now. I mean, I suppose if Columbus were to sneak in, I mean, they're they're only. Um, Oh no, sorry, I, I misread that. They're ten points behind the Penguins, so they're they're probably not not going to make it. Um, and Philly, New Jersey, the Islanders. I mean, the the Islanders. You know, they have to play at a hundred ten point pace just to get back in the conversation. So that leaves you with Pittsburgh and Carolina. I mean, yeah, you're definitely choosing Pittsburgh out of those two. But I think honestly, if I had to rank the three potential opponents right now, I would least like to face the Caps then Carolina, then I'd most like to face Pittsburgh. So, yeah, that's my answer. Speaking of the Islanders, does anybody know what actually happened in Matt Barzell? Matt Barzell, however you pronounce it. I don't get this joke. I don't 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 understand any of it. I'm too old for that. I I honestly thought he was legitimate, like, missing. No, he just didn't go to practice or something. I I don't really know. Oh, oh, it was a joke that my old ass just didn't understand? Got it. Okay. Basically, right. with you, I'm with you on that. I have no idea. Bad. All right, fair enough. Okay, <clears throat> from our friend. Well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this one for the end because it's not hockey related. Um, okay, so I'm from so from at Heatlejuice Bon Salvador. If the Rangers disappeared from existence, what team would you move your fandom to, if any? 
Yeah, this is a shitty question. I hate I hate thinking about this. Not a shitty question, but like I hate thinking about like who would I root? Nobody in the Eastern Conference, that's for sure. I mean, it's an excellent question because I, I know like, and it makes you uncomfortable. It's not a shitty question, but it's just like I hate thinking that makes it shitty for me to think about because <laughs> I hate it. Used to be Chicago, and then yeah, that's not ha- that. No, um, <laughs> you know it, it's. Do I want to go the team that will cause me the least amount of stress and go with Colorado? Or do I want to just go with, eh, you know what, I'm just going to pick the worst team in the league and a blank slate and go with Arizona? Okay, but did you see Colorado last year in the playoffs? Because I think that would cause you some stress. In ter- Let me rephrase. The GMing process and the roster construction – would it make me want to put my head through a wall? Kind of like how some fair. of the Rangers offseason made me want to put my head through a wall. Fair. That's fair. So, okay. Colorado or Arizona? All right. Rob, you're up. So, a couple of seasons ago, or maybe it was I can't even keep the year straight anymore, as we've already discussed, I decided that the Calgary Flames were going to be my side piece team. <laughs> um, you know, when the Rangers were eliminated from the playoffs and... Um, so the, I'm going to go with the flames and I think that they're, uh, you know, despite the fact that they're coached by Daryl Sutter and there's like echoes of the LA Kings who beat the Rangers all over that team. Um, especially with him as coach. Uh, I think I would go with the flames, um, as, as my sort of secondary team, but you know, that also does sort of go against my, I am a little bit of a traditionalist, just the way my dad brought me up and original six and all that. So I think I'd also have to have an original six team in the fold. Now, Dave, you're right. I used to be sort of a. I love. I used to love the Blackhawks. I mean, easy. They they're always on in the playoffs and winning. But now that we know what, you know, what a an absolutely abhorrent organization they are, uh, were behind the scenes and potentially still are, and all the cleaning up they need to do and the lives they've destroyed, cannot in good conscience uh, support them. So I think I'd probably go Detroit Red Wings. Probably go with the Red Wings. Mm. They have a. They have a. You know. Classic, classic team, classic look, pretty decent history. Looks like they're going to be good again really soon. They've, they've kind of gone on their rebuild journey, and it's definitely heading in the right direction, kind of a similar way to the Rangers. So going Red Wings, if not um, the Calgary Flames. Got Steve Eiserman and Dylan Larkin there. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Larkin's awesome. I love him. And I, I don't really know. I'm just going to take one second here. I don't know how it turned into, like, Islander Twitter fodder, but me saying that, I – would like Dylan Larkin in a Rangers jersey because he gave someone a 20 like during practice because he knocked over their beer I don't know how that turned into like Islander shit like do the Islanders have their eye on Dylan Larkin or something like I don't understand but um I I would I root for him I think he's an excellent player seems like an excellent human so um that being said I think I might be a Golden Knights fan I think I think that working with a contingent in Las Vegas and knowing like just seeing how passionate those fans are might make me want to be a Golden Knights fan they have fun they don't take themselves too seriously but they're good um like Vegas I mean for all the shit I talk about it like it's Vegas is fun it's like freaking Disneyland it's just a great time um 
and yeah, and the fans are really passionate. I got to say, like, you know, whenever I talk to colleagues who are out there or like, you know, whenever they're like kind of like on the hot seat and we get to hear about their fandom and everything, like they're just like super fun fans. And so why the hell not? Um, I also I like had a soft spot for the senators. I don't anymore because, you know, Peugeot and um, I could watch the blues not to bring up Buchnevich, but like I liked the blues and I never had anything against them. And and now Booch is there and I want Booch to do well, even though I don't want to hear about it. Um, but I think I'd go with the Golden Knights. I think that's it. Although they need to do something about the the C-3PO helmets. Like, that's a fucking mess. That's bad news, but for the rest of it. Okay. Um, next question. Our buddy Build to Spill um, says, thoughts on a scenario in which Hank Knight is delayed and moved to another game? Giant F you to people who spent a lot on tickets versus the need for safety and making sure Hank's Knight is as special as possible. Rob, go, because you're going to be there. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely one that uh, shakes me to my core. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll give everybody a little bit of an inside look into some personal stuff. But um, that happens to be Becky's birthday. And we were going to go or planning to go to that game together. So kind of what, um, you know, Bill is saying in his question here. Um, and I don't know if his name is actually Bill, it, but it's not. Go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, kind of what the question says here, right? Like, People have made plans. Now I'm lucky to have season tickets. I didn't have to like go to the secondary market and drop $4,000 for the tickets, thankfully. But, you know, want to make it's going to be a special night for Ranger fans. Want to get there early. Want to soak it in. Um, you know, going to be an absolutely packed garden. You know, none of the whole like empty seats until 12 minutes left in the first period thing like it normally is. I mean, it's going to be absolutely packed from about 6 p.m. on. It's going to be one of those very special nights that you're going to go back and watch on YouTube 15 years, 20 years, 25 years later, if you're a nerd like me. And um, it's something that I think everybody's looking forward to. Yet here is, you know, coronavirus and the, you know, the Omicron variant wreaking havoc on lives in, in much more serious ways than disrupting a, a, a pregame ceremony before a hockey game. So um, it would be really difficult. And I think that it's a it's a it's a damned if you do damned if you don't situation for the Rangers. And I think, you know, whatever they decide will probably ultimately be very close to whatever Henrik Lundqvist himself is comfortable with, because, you know, it really comes down to him. And, you know, despite his exit from the franchise, which I think some people overplay it as, um, as, as something the Rangers mishandled. I didn't really think that they did. Um, the Rangers have, have, have done right by this guy 100% of the time. I mean, and, and, they ha- and they've continued to do so. So I'm sure that whatever they decide is going to be in lockstep with him and his family and whatever his wishes are. So unfortunately, this is one of those things that none of us can control. I am one of the lucky people that will have tickets to whatever the rescheduled game is. But I know that's not the case for a lot of people. So, you know, my thoughts here may be slightly invalid, because of that, but um, would definitely be a, a bit of a nightmare scenario for sure. So um, either way, looking forward to being there and, and obviously understand uh, and appreciate how lucky I am and how lucky you know you will be as well, Becky, to be there with me. So should be should be great. And I hope it happens on your birthday. Dave. I'm not going. I'm watching from home. I got nothing on this. So Sorry. you don't have any feeling either way? No, doesn't impact me. 
interesting. Yeah, I'm on this whole new kick of if it doesn't impact me or anything morally for me or anything like that, I'm just, I got nothing. I'm glad you added that moral part because I was about to rip you apart for that. Yeah, yeah, like obviously within reason here. But I'm also on this thing of if I don't know enough about something, I just say I don't know enough about it. That's fair. I think that's completely fair. Um, Okay, so then my thought is... Um, I was pregnant for my 33rd birthday. I was, uh, in the midst of COVID for my 20, my 34th birthday. I don't know how old I am anymore. And this is my 35th birthday and it's a Friday night and everyone at the garden is vaccinated, you know, save for those little creeps who have a fake fax card, which like, I hope you all get yours. Um, so I think as long as Omicron, Omicron, I can't pronounce it, goes away. Omicron per C-I-8. Like, <laughs> yeah, so as long as Omicron, that thing goes away, you know, and like, and I say this not like, la, 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 it's going to go away and the world's going to be wonderful. I mean, looking at the data from South Africa, knowing we're two to three weeks behind them and, you know, as of the end of December, it's starting to scale down in South Africa so like logically that would say in about two to three weeks it should scale down here um vax boosted like I think you just go with it as long as you continue the that you need to have um as long as you continue the vaccine mandate to be at MSG I mean I say that kind of selfishly because I want to be there but like we'll celebrate either way um you know it'll be a fun fun night for me no matter what um and then we'll just have to go to whenever Hank and I gets rescheduled to. But I do think at a certain point, it's kind of like what we've been talking about for the last two or three weeks, and I don't want to rehash it. But basically that COVID's here, unfortunately. It's going to be here, unfortunately. And we just have to do the best to keep ourselves protected and protect our loved ones and like protect each other. And it's at a point where you know what to do. So just fucking do it, you know, and, and we'll ride the wave together. So that's. That's how I feel in a nutshell. All right. Final question. And this is not hockey related, but it does apply, I believe, to everybody. From our very own Coach Connell. How do you like your steak? And who hurt you to make you like anything over medium rare? And then he adds in, rare is always the correct answer, unless Chef recommends otherwise. Dave, you got to have an opinion about this, right? Or does this one not affect you? Wow. I am giving you the middle finger right now. Um, (laughs) So I'm a medium rare guy. However, when I go out and get steak with my wife, she does not eat medium rare and she generally wants to have steak, you know, or at least part of my steak. So I will get medium so that she can have some. Connell, if you come after me for that one, I swear I'm going to throw something through the computer screen at you. Connell, go at, go for him. Do it. That makes you a gentleman, Dave. I, I respect the hell out of that, to be honest. Thank you, Rob. I'm no longer giving um, you the finger. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very nice. You're taking... It... As, as you learn when you get married and have a family, you, you, there are more than one, there's more than one person factoring into the decision, right? So I totally, uh, no, I totally get that. I myself, medium rare on a steak, pretty much no questions asked. And I think nice little caveat from 
Connell there about if the chef recommends otherwise. Um, but yeah, medium rare is the way to go. And um, yeah, not much else to say on that one. I'm also a medium rare person. Um, and I'd rather be a little bit undercooked than overcooked. So I'm, I'm with you there. All right. And that wraps it up for fan questions. Thanks, everyone, for participating this week. I appreciate, as always, um, you having these great questions. So thank you. I love always these non-hockey ones. These are good. Me too. Me too. And like, yes. I was like going to think of one. I'm like, it's going to have to be like, what's your New Year's resolution? And then it's like. Fuck that, man. We've had a bad two years. Like we no, 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 no. There are no. no New Year's resolutions. There's no, oh, 2022 is my year. Oh, I'm going to uh, fuck 2021. I got 2022. No. Shut the fuck up. Be humble. After what just happened the last two years, go in expecting the worst. You don't own shit right now. Just let us, let, let it come to you instead of trying to go out and get it because that's what got us in this fucking mess right now. Shut the fuck up and do... Just, just no, no, just no, no, no. Stop it, stop it. And yeah, well, and I always. Well, I, I was gonna say. I mean, you know, the the calendar manag- magically turning a page isn't going to change things, and I think too many people look at the, the new year like that. Now, yes, it's it's an opportunity to maybe, you know, restart some some good habits and calibrate your way of thinking and all that stuff, but. Yeah, you know, I think the the world, whatever the world has in store for us, we'll take it as it comes. And, you know, look, let's just hope, you know, my hope, frankly, for the year is that we get to watch 82 Ranger games by the end of it and that there's some playoff games after that. So um, and the world has a way of getting in the way of even that stuff. So nothing's guaranteed. Let's be thankful for what we have for sure. Um, any other final thoughts from from you guys? This did just give me a post idea for New Year's Eve, and it'll be like Rangers New Year's resolutions. So it's not, you know, tied to, you know, the world and that stuff. It'll be our little Rangers bubble. So thank you for getting us to this point. You're welcome. Um, I have nothing else. Just Happy New Year's and big thanks to everyone who actually listens to us every week. I know get a little grading i don't even listen to podcasts every week but um but we appreciate you so thank you we do yeah and it's really been really fun doing the show as i said this is our 13th episode of the season i think we've done maybe 30 of these now since we restarted it back in early uh 2020 so it's been an absolute blast we love doing it every week and we really appreciate that uh everyone listened so thanks again and and like becky said have a happy new year and uh go rangers Live from the Blue Seats is a production of Blue Seat Blogs. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. We're currently available on iTunes and Spotify. If you can spare a minute, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps other fans find the show. Follow us on Twitter at Blue Seats Live and check out blueseatblogs.com, the longest running fan site for all things Rangers, from news and opinion to video analysis and more. For Dave and Becky, this is Rob signing off. We'll see you next week.